Following the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg last Friday, September 18th, the country is reckoning with not only the loss of an exceptional American icon, but growing political upheaval as the president rushes to fill her seat. Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced Monday that Ginsburg will be the first woman to lie in state in the National Statuary Hall, a distinction given to just 32 people, including 12 presidents. The second woman to serve on the Supreme Court, Ginsburg was notorious for being a fierce advocate for gender equity, casting key votes on groundbreaking cases ranging from same-sex marriage to gender discrimination. But beyond her extraordinary legal career, Ginsburg was revered by many as a cultural icon, a true figure of resilience, intelligence, and grace. To honor her life and legacy, a vigil was held at the Santa Barbara Courthouse last Saturday, September 20th. The event attracted 300 people who wore masks and remained socially distant. The service featured speakers including California Representative Monique Lamone and was organized by Women's March Santa Barbara, Planned Parenthood Central Coast Action Fund, and Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee. To reflect on the event and the legacy of the notorious RBG, I spoke with Luz Reyes-Martin, president of the Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee. Can you first tell me a bit about the vigil that took place on Saturday in front of the Santa Barbara Courthouse? Why did you feel compelled to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg in this way? And what was turnout like? Yeah, you know, I think like um, like so many others, the news of her passing was so sudden and um, just so really gut-wrenching um, that... Um, I know in the hours after the news started coming out, I started getting um, texts and calls and emails from friends in the community who were just so upset, um, so sad, you know, uh, about her passing. Obviously, of course, very sad for for her and her family, um, and and then also just very fearful about what what does this mean um, now. And, um, you know, I think very organically, um, several of us uh, that were uh, primarily involved with uh, the Women's March and, and putting on the Women's March here locally, started talking to each other about, um, you know, should we do something? Um, should we, you know, and, and, you know, it's complicated with COVID too, where, you know, we talked about should we, you know, is it better? Should we not get together? Um, but I think what started to happen really late Friday night was there was a national call for people to uh, come together for vigils on Saturday evening um, at courthouses all throughout the country. Um, and so I think when that came out, um, it was really just, you know, late Friday and into Saturday morning on a very grassroots level you know, okay, let's, let's put something together. I think we had heard enough from um, folks in the community that they really needed to just be with other people to process their grief and, and to just talk about, you know, how they were feeling. So it came together very quickly, very grassroots. Um, we really were urging people to uh, be safe and wear face masks and try to keep your distance. We had hand sanitizer. We even had, you know, extra masks for people if people forgot them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and we had a very brief kind of program. 
and it was really just intended as to hold space for people to 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 be with one another and it was it really was um good to be with other people um just even just to see their face and and kind of know that you were feeling the same thing i think was was really important and i'm glad we were able to uh, provide that space. Getting into the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, why was her career as a Supreme Court justice so groundbreaking on a broad level? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for for sure her impact on um, just the law and uh, creating a more equitable and equal um, society for, for women in, in the United States, particularly in the areas of workplace equality, pay equity, um, reproductive justice. Um, I think those are really um, groundbreaking uh, uh, progress um, that has been made where she has been part of that work. There's so many countless people who are part of that work, uh, but she and her role played a significant role in, um, you know, ensuring that discrimination on the basis of uh, of sex was would is not what we stand for um, as a country, um, and I think personally, you know, for me and for other um, women who who admired her greatly, um, I think what really one thing that really resonated with me is her own personal um, life struggle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she was um, uh, uh, a, a mom and a wife, and she experienced. Um, discrimination based on, um, you know, being a working mom um, and how hard um, that that was when she first graduated from college and knowing that things are still um, challenging for for uh, working moms um, and that even as, you know, an octogenarian, she was still advocating for, um, you know, equal pay um, and uh, family leave and, you know, all these really important things that um, we need in order to make a more equitable society for uh, women and, and especially um, those uh, people who choose to be parents. Um, so that was that was really important uh, part of her legacy for me, too. Expanding beyond her legal career, would you say that Ginsburg's work surrounding gender equity transformed the way we perceive gender roles in everyday American culture and life? I think so. I think what, you know, it was really um, uh, great to see how um, she had such amazing appeal across generations mm -hmm. and that especially I think in recent years emerged as this kind of icon for younger women too and that it was an icon of strength um, and intelligence and um, this like fierceness and this edge to her, um, which I think was really great. You know, I know I've seen those videos of how she did these crazy workouts every day. <laughs> and that was really impressive. Um, and, you know, and she just um, had, yeah, I think this appeal as a, a, a you can be a small, you know, woman, um, and still be very powerful and, and kind of um, stake your place. Um, you know, I think one of the, I, I don't know if you've heard this quote that she had, I think in an interview where um, they asked her about her time, I think when she was in law school, where she was like one of two women in, in her class. And she said something like she would rather be the bitch and not the mouse. 
mm-hmm. um, in terms of how she was treated by her fellow um, guys in, in her law class who I think criticized her for or accused her of taking the spot of another, you know, qualified man. And that her response was, you know, well, I don't care if they, you know, hate me, you know, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Um, and I think that is a really powerful and inspiring message that she really lived her whole life. On her deathbed, Ginsburg said that her most fervent wish was that she would not be replaced until a new president is installed. If Republican lawmakers are able to move forward with confirming President Trump's nominee, what might be at stake? I think everything is at stake. Um, and this is part of um, the comments that I made in, in my remarks is that um, everything really is on the line. Um, you know, if he is able to appoint another uh, justice, there will be a majority on the Supreme Court that does not reflect the values of the country. Um, I think that's what's really important um, in terms of a message is that um, we have the rule of the minority um, on the Supreme Court if that were to happen, whether it's on reproductive uh, choice or health care um, or um, the right to join a union. Um, these are issues that the majority of Americans uh, support. Um, And to think that we may have a Supreme Court that would start to chip away at uh, or completely eliminate um, those rights um, and freedoms that we have um, is incredibly uh, important for people to recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I absolutely believe that um, that is what's at stake. And before we conclude the interview, I wanted to ask you personally, as a working mother of young children who holds multiple leadership roles in our community, how did RBG inspire you? Yeah, I mean, I think what um, what I shared absolutely hugely um, influential and um, uh, inspiring for me um, that um, you know to just to keep 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 fighting um, and don't give in and and that there's a place in this movement and in this work for uh, people of all ages um, that we must be uh, multi generational multi racial um, uh, you know coalition fighting for um, e- equality and and women's equality and women's um, equity. Um, and that's just one piece of it, you know, I think just social justice issues in general. Um, and I think she was such a great example of, um, you know, again, someone in their 80s um, who can be just as much of a, a, a fighter for justice um, as anyone else. Um, and it really does make you feel and made me feel like, you know, in my work here in the community, there's a place for me to kind of keep working on this. Um, And it's great to know that we have people like her in her incredible, you know, position of of power on the Supreme Court who would be fighting for us there. Um, And it's part of what is such a great loss um, for to to lose her. And then on top of that, to feel like um, all everything we fought for could take a step back. Um, But it is, I think, a reminder to all of us that um, the fight for for justice and equality is something that has to be fought 
continually. Um, it is never kind of final. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an important reminder that this work has to continue. Um, it has to be ongoing. Um, and we need everyone uh, to, to, to take their part and, and take part in it. Thank you to Luz Reyes-Martin, president of the Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee, for speaking with me about the life and legacy of the notorious RBG. With KCSV News, I'm Ashley Rush.